Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. When the sun rises, you can Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, what is good? You know, I'm excited to be another year older, getting close and close to that elder status, (laughs) stealing auntie status. But getting close and closer right. to that elder seven. What age do you think is like an elder? An elder? Uh, Where you, you be know, like, okay, I consider you an elder. I, I say maybe not even quite 50, but, you know, later 40s, maybe. Oh, so like, see, that you, you make it young. I feel like... I it, you yeah, I mean, it depends on the years. Are we talking like gay elder years? <laughs> are we talking about like, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you know, coming up in the community, folks was elders at like, 35. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. okay. You know what I mean? You got to be, you got to be like, I don't know, an elder, can, I consider an elder over 60. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're over 60, you've lived some you life. Know, yeah. 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 You don't live yeah. some life. And I feel like you, you, you chilling. And I feel like over 60 is an elder. Yeah. Um, I think between because you're still pretty, you still 40, young in the fifties. You're right, absolutely. Forty between forty and sixty, that's when you in that you know that older auntie status. Mm-hmm. You know that to me, oh, because I mm-hmm. have an auntie that's like in her fifty, like fifty three, fifty four. So I don't consider her yeah. older. I don't. I got you. And so, yeah. um, in that, in that, um, I feel like you're in that auntie status, and then between. 30 and 40 that's that you could it could be auntie status but it could also be like big sister status yes, big sis, yes, da, da, yes. Da, da, da. you can still kind of kick 60, it a little in a way yeah that you can when you it get doesn't a feel older. awkward absolutely yeah, yeah. And your capacity is that's different <laughs> definitely <laughs> okay Actually, my capacity is totally different than Very it was different. when i was early 30s <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think once you get to 60, that makes you an elder. So I feel like I'm creeping, I'm getting, I'm ready 
to get yeah. my my elder wings. Yeah, get, <laughs> getting seasoned. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seasoning the pot. Oh. <laughs> so what's been going on in your life? Ooh, well, speaking of getting older in a good way, but also just getting older, I found out that I have a touch of the arthritis uh, in my back and it's, it's going to be manageable. But the doctor speaking told me- Speaking of elder. Right. The doctor said, well, you know, it's a part of the aging process. I said, the aging process? <laughs> I got about eight months to four. Like, let me enjoy my eight months at 39. You know, <laughs> the aging process, a little early for that. He was like, no, it's normal. Here, touch my back. I had the same thing. I was <laughs> so I found out I'm That's getting not older. helping me, Doc. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, this week, this week has been pretty, you know, interesting with all the news and everything everywhere, Ukraine and Texas and the world, and <laughs> just like, like what are we doing out here? What are we doing? The whole restructuring of the world system, how the white folks want to deal with each other. It's just very interesting <laughs> to see what's going on uh so yeah it's, it's been an interesting hell of a week i'll say that yeah it really has been a hell of a week <laughs> it has been crazy with ukraine crazy here yeah, yeah this yeah. war on yeah. trans people i don't want to compare yep. those two but um what's in the regard agenda to this texas year and their, it's their agenda um here in texas and the foolishness that they got going on um carmen carrera <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, I was like, hard pause, giggles. <laughs> right. Let me show you this foolishness. So, you know, I, in my mind, I, I'm always like, yo, like, sometimes you got to read the room, baby. It, does, it doesn't really work. <laughs> so, apparently, she chose the, the war between Russia and Ukraine to really create a moment for herself. <laughs> and she posted this. Look at these pictures. She says, hey guys, I'm sorry for what's happening in the world. Prayers to Ukraine. Hey, you wait, don't I'm have- I'm sorry. <laughs> wait. Don't laugh, don't Why laugh, she started, don't I'm laugh. sorry for what's happening in the world. The world ain't thinking about you. Wait, okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> she said, you don't have to like this post, but I do want to say that I believe in the power of prayer. This fits just happened to be the same color. This outfit just so happens to be the same color as their flag. I felt like I needed to say wait. that in support of the people. Please keep the people of wait. Ukraine in your minds and hearts. Wait. Wait. And the whole post is outfits like this. Wait. There's a lot of things happening right now. There's a lot happening right now. So wait, she said, I had this outfit on and between the outfit and my hair, it just so happens to match the color of the Ukrainian flag. Oh, oh, she had like some kind of yellow uh, fur or something, uh, and this blue outfit, honey. All that it is, is that. like, girl, real. You are is, a clown. Weird. I, if you are listening to the show, you can go to Marsha's Plates um, Facebook page. We shared it, and my caption mm. was. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an interesting read too. <laughs> I said, "Remember when she was claiming that T.S. Madison." 
wasn't a great representation mm-hmm. for the trans mm-hmm. community because she because of her past, you know, as a you know a adult performer. Mm-hmm. We remember here at Marsha's Play. We remember mm-hmm. Carmen Carrera being really negative, right, <laughs> about right. P.S. Madison's past. Especially, it, it, it was quite annoying to me, especially when you just was on Drag Race as a boy and you just transitioned Come on. right in the moment. So it just felt really inappropriate for you to be talking mm-hmm. to a Black trans woman who's been in the game for years, <laughs> who is making her mark in the industry, making her mark for trans people, right. regardless if you like helping how the way you she's out, marking actually. it up. Helping you out, actually. Right. You yep. wouldn't be in the position that you are if... You know, these people <laughs> of Absolutely. all trans experience that's who have Come been on. in the game push the bucket forward and forward. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to have this kind of freedom. And right. here you go. Uh, she hadn't even been. <laughs> you hadn't transitioned for shit. She hadn't even transitioned for like two years or something. You just transitioned. And yeah. you're talking about this trans woman and the representation. Girl, go sit your ass down. And now all exactly. of a sudden. Years later, you are doing sex worker tactics. Like you are the tactics that sex workers have taught you how to do to get attention. You are doing this tactic. You are (laughs) making this this moment of death and despair over in Ukraine into a a, a (laughs) self-promotion moment for yourself where you running around in furs and do you look sickening yes you look sickening girl but is this the time couldn't you just have posted these just posted them like the rest of us when we post sexy pictures why did you have to attach (laughs) this to the war in ukraine that is right. weird. This is clown right. shit. Yeah. This is very careless. That's a very careless thing to, to do. <laughs> just like, you know what? I love the fact that she said my outfit just so happens to look like. <laughs> Not even like I intentionally did this to support the Ukrainian people. She said it just so happens that it's the same colors. So I decided, you know, like that, like from the jump, like <laughs> it wasn't even like attacking I think prayer, wor- prayer works <laughs> prayer works and they are letting her have it in these comments baby oh for they're real they're letting her have it letting yeah, her have it should. yeah Let it's a little weird it. it's a little little weird so, to exploit that <laughs> so that's just a minor embarrassment to the community to me <laughs> it might be sickening to whoever but it is mm-hmm. uh, you know a minor embarrassment to the community that she would use that moment for self-promotion girl get your life together Anyway, yeah. a positive moment for the trans community. Yeah. Oh, the women's national soccer team. They actually uh, were trans. They, they wanted to show their support for the trans, for trans youth in Texas following the governor's letter. And so they wore wristbands uh, to show support for trans kids uh, ahead of the She Believe at the She Believes Cup game in Texas, um, which is great. This happened on Thursday. Uh, there's a lot of queer people on the women's team, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that they're, you know, representing or not representing, but trying to show support, uh, for the trans community and for trans youth. Yeah. So that's a positive thing. Cause this week has just been like, Texas has been particularly intense. It seems like this week, <laughs> but even the rest of the country with all this legislation that's just happening in all these states back to back to back to back to back. To back. 
Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, a friend, they're a lesbian couple, not that lesbian, they're a queer couple, excuse me. And they have a daughter who's trans and they're talking about leaving the state that they're on the West Coast and they're just trying to figure it out. And I was like, hey, this is happening everywhere, you know, and they, you know, so that's something they have to keep a lookout for while they're deciding where they want to go in the future in the next couple of years, because for the, for the safety and protecting their daughter, you know, uh, which is crazy, which is, it's crazy that, you know, the medical world is on our side and here go our parents, the parents of support, supportive parents of trans children are right, being having, targeted, having to pick <laughs> up, you know, the damage of having to pick up your children and move them to other schools when they probably just got an acclimated to the school. Right, exactly. Friends with these kids and just exactly. now is um, getting them used to them being trans in their transition. And now I got to start overcoming it somewhere new where I don't know people. Right. But, you know, that's so fucking annoying and stupid. But yeah, to the yeah. Um, women's soccer team, I think whatever you can do to push back against this type of transphobic yep. rhetoric that's happening around the country, around the world, really, but specifically, mm-hmm. if you, are, you know, we're, we're based in the U.S. If you, whatever your power, wherever, whatever in your power to do to help push back against the system and this attack, even if it's just calling your senator and calling your legislative yes. branch and people that represent you, or even people that represent these um, states that um, call their senator, honey, I don't mind you calling our senators and our exactly. legislative branch, call them and exactly. say, this is unacceptable. How is this okay with your um, constituents? Like, this clearly can't be okay when, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying, <laughs> the yep. medical field is very clear them. so get the fuck out of here yeah it's very yep. clear yeah i was just gonna say i think it's freedom for the american way i'm not sure if that's the website but there's some websites out there that are tracking all of this and so i know that the folks that i was talking to they just they just go on there and see where these anti the anti-trans legislation is in the process and i'm sure we'll figure it out and we'll be able to to share it but uh, i just want to put that out there as well um because even washington state has legislation it's not probably going to move out of committee but it tracks where, you know, at what piece of the process the legislation is uh, across the country. And it's a lot of states, mm-hmm. including Washington and California, right? So, um, yeah. And shout out to Terrell, a friend of the show, Terrell Starr, over there. He's actually over there in the Ukraine. Oh, yeah, so yeah, this, this is yeah, I've been following expertise. him. Right, this is his expertise, yeah. you know. So wow. he's doing his thing over there. Just pray that he stays safe. What you were saying some of the Nigerian community uh, foreign ex- uh, exchange students were having a hard time getting out. And he's been tracking a lot of the stuff that yeah. some of the black black folks specifically, not just in general, our experiences. I didn't realize they had so many uh, exchange students there. Absolutely. When, usually when there is wars and political unrest, that's when anti-blackness and everybody's kind of <laughs> issues when it comes to being racist actually come bubbles up so you really right. can tell look at look at what was happening um in china when coronavirus was coming up and how they was treating africans over there mm. look at you know and the, the same thing is happening yeah. over um in the ukraine this, yes, this is a, a u.s this is a um ukraine and russia issue and you know of course the international allies of each pe- person is coming in and meddling but on the ground in the public it is mm-hmm. going to be a lot of anti-black bullshit happening right they can't get out that right. exactly that's the, that's the they issue they're letting them go 
That's wild. So like, make sure yeah. you're following Ooh. it and being really, really intersectional about um, yes. when you look at what's happening over there. It stresses me out. So I try to, I'll listen to it in the morning when I get up and kind of get on the loose, get on the news and see what um, updates are, but don't just mm-hmm. dwell in that shit. Yes, but, absolutely. Um, but definitely keep up on it and have, uh, hopefully you're following people who have a really intersectional view about how to report on that particular case. Don't just follow mainstream mm-hmm. news because we know that they can be kind of full of bullshit, but follow other news sources. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, tell us what you think uh, and hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> all righty anyway thank y'all and the patreon and paypal link is at the bottom back to the show that's exciting news in trinidad and tobago they elect they did not elect they have their first sitting uh trans person trans she's a trans woman in their senate her name is joelle de souza um she became the first openly trans senator on february 15th She's filling in for an Elvin senator uh, who is a member, and she's a member of the United National Congress, a center-left opposition party. Um, this is the first time they've had someone who's an openly trans person in their Senate, and she's a trans woman. She's also an animal rights activist, owns a beauty salon, and uh, lives in the country's second largest city. Uh, I think this is amazing. Wanted to celebrate her, um, Trinidad and Tobago's non-discrimination laws do not include gender identity, just gonna put that in, but in the, but the high court in 2018 struck down the country's colonial era sodomy statute, sodomy, sodomy statute. Um, but yeah, wanna lift her up, celebrate her, and also ask like with this happening and, you know, seeming like there seems to be a little bit more openness in some Caribbean nations, what are your thoughts around like travel? Uh, you know, you recently traveled um, to Caribbean nations for trans people. Cause I know a lot of people are hesitant to travel like before COVID rather. Um, but I have seen more and more trans folks traveling uh, to the Caribbean and to countries uh, in the Caribbean. And uh, yeah, I want to get your thoughts like around safety and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, do you think it's different today? 
I don't think we talk enough about the privilege of being American. Ooh. I think when we, when as minorities, you know, we're so used to talking about, you know, the disadvantages when we're in our country that we right. don't talk about the privileges of being an American when we go to other countries. When we go to other countries, a lot of times, the American thing really can save you from some of the drama that some of the, even the local minority peoples um, right. go up against, you know? So sometimes right. I know specifically when I go to countries that, you know, have these histories of anti-LGBT stuff, I usually don't ever have any kind of problem. Yeah. You know, it a part of it could be that, you know, I'm passing, but I'm talking about even in situations where people know that I'm trans, usually yeah. because I'm coming in the country and I'm coming in a space where uh, in, occupying the space as a tourist and as a person from America, they are usually not trying to do anything wrong to me. They're usually trying to get me to spend some money. <laughs> right right they're right. usually trying to sell me something usually trying to um you know they're it's not usually i can't now of course i don't go to you know the the hoods of other right. countries that i don't know about i'll go to the hood right. in, a, in another city but in another country i'm not going to the hoods i'm probably going i don't want to say i just stick to touristy places but i don't i don't try to go i don't go into residential neighborhoods and mm -hmm. you know stuff like that i don't really do that but i i have experienced very very positive experiences um, mm -hmm. in other countries just based on the fact that I'm American and mm -hmm. I think that there's a privilege that comes with that that we don't really talk about even when you go um you know when you travel like because we are not on those list of countries the, that scary, right. you know the, the right. terrorist list and when you oh can you um you got to always get checked if you from this particular country you got to always mm -hmm. get checked if you from you know wherever they have those lists we are not mm -hmm. ever a part of those lists when it comes to coming to mm -hmm. other countries we rarely are a part of list that says americans are terrorists americans right are, i see even though even though <laughs> here we are the reason i'm from wisconsin the reason <laughs> you're from <laughs> uh yeah exactly yeah. So yeah. even though Absolutely. we come and terrorize <laughs> other people's country Right, but right, we're right. Usually not in on those lists. So there is a privilege yeah. that comes with um, being an American coming into these type of countries. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, she looks like. <laughs> now, I, now looks let me like... let me finish. I got some other things to say about about the senator. Now, <laughs> I want to be clear. You know, she's very light skinned. You know, as we say, she's very light skinned. Um, she's also the first person ever to have sex reassignment surgery in Trinidad and Tobago back in 1993. So there's a lot of exceptional things about, about this woman being in this position, which makes her very different, I'm sure, than the average trans woman in Trinidad and Tobago. You know what I mean? So I just wanna put that out yeah. there, just name 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 the name, name the thing, you know. Um, because um, Dominique Jackson, um, the one that plays Electra from Pose, has a very yes. different, you know, she's a dark-skinned trans yeah. woman. And yes. has a very yep. different depiction of Trinidad and Tobago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so but yeah, she definitely I just... look like like <laughs> an ex Miss Universe. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> she looks I like mean... somebody that used to be like a beauty queen. 
She yep. look, she doesn't look like she looks like a not an older woman, but um she looks yeah, she looks like some Arabic first lady. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she looks like to me she looks she, she looks, looks rich she definitely looks, yeah, yeah she looks rich she looks like somebody who has been the first lady of uh, of a uh, south somewhere. american country yeah. she looks yeah. like you know she yeah. looks like she got all her teeth done and mm-hmm. the the best genesis <laughs> she looks like somebody that used to you know uh-huh. be in beauty pageants and stuff yeah and i mean so there's definitely I a level see. of class colorism mm-hmm. all of that uh privilege uh with uh uh, uh senator uh souza uh joelle souza yeah. now in trinidad and tobago i mean it's great that she's in this position that's awesome that's groundbreaking you know um you know but we had obama you know that's groundbreaking i don't mean <laughs> you know what i'm saying like here we are like, like there's that you know what i'm saying but it is still something to uh to acknowledge and honor uh that i'm sure that means a lot for folks over there and over here too mm. in the community you know but and actually i don't i don't know how to yeah yep no i'm sorry i was like i don't know how to inside politics the, so based on what i know in general was, yes just the fact that she was in the position to feel in for this person absolutely you know what i'm saying where just to be in that position um in in their in their government to even be able to you know she wasn't elected but to be able to feel exactly. in that position it is something it's that huge. you know shows a particular change that is happening because if you know she's clearly been out since two, 1993 right. so her to take whatever steps she took and get to the point where she's in this level to fill mm-hmm. in, in fill in for a senator i think that of course there was barriers that she had to um run across Absolutely. because you know, it's not like this was a particular country that was like, yeah, go LGBT. <laughs> we right. def- this definitely wasn't one of those. I mean, this is not so. a country that's, yeah, LGBT. So it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Amen. <laughs> but yeah, but definitely, yeah, I know what you're saying, though. Definitely uh, not as abrasive, though, as other countries um, mm. in the same kind of way. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, that was my question. Let us know. Uh, did you want to add anything on, on on Senator Susan? No, I don't know anything about Senator Susan. She just popped up. <laughs> <laughs> not Senator Susan. Her name is not Susan. Her name is I, I, Senator Joelle. Is not last name Susan? That's her last name. No, it is the Susa. Oh yeah. It oh, day Susa. <laughs> my name is not Susan. <laughs> Rest in peace, Nikki. <laughs> she always come back because that's my that's my angel. She always come up. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Big big ups, big ups to uh, Trinidad and Tobago's first trans woman to sit in their Senate, uh, Senator Joelle De Souza, who looks like a model. Beauty <laughs> uh, queen. Who is light skinned? <laughs> uh, but for real, that's groundbreaking. Uh, let us know what you think about travel. If you've had any experiences traveling uh, in the Caribbean, in particular, uh, to any countries out there, let us know what you what your experience was. Uh, yeah, we'd love to hear about it. Hashtag Marsha's Place. All right, so I wanted to talk about some of the reading that I have been doing. 
I don't know. I don't want to say, am I an avid reader? No, I'm not an avid reader, but I mm-hmm. read probably like mm, two books a month. Is that avid? That's not avid. Avid is motherfuckers who read. That's a that's of more books a week. That's more than average for the average person living on this uh, Turtle Island situation we call in America. Definitely, <laughs> most folks ain't, are not reading two books. <laughs> You be you, you know, it's, I'm usually reading them at the same time. <laughs> um, I'm reading like two books, and I'm just kind of slowly getting through them. Especially if they big, long ass fucking books, I kind of just slowly get through them. But you know, certain books are way easier to read. Some books are, you know, a little, um, a little extra. Like I don't know, have any has anybody read um, Medical Apartheid? That book was so no. fucking hard. That no. book was a hard read for me. Mm-hmm. It was quite deep and quite dense. And that was one of my mm-hmm. read. But sometimes I like light shit. And so that's why I want to talk about that's light reading. <laughs> yeah. My stuff's that nice I too. Been, <laughs> the, yes, that are that are just fun to read. And mm. you know, that it either they're funny or they're erotic or they are whatever, something light that's not gonna um, you know, that's not real heavy. So sometimes I'm yeah. usually doing simultaneously something heavy and something light mm. and so i want to talk about this last that, that i have <laughs> uh, recently found i saw it years ago uh-huh. but i don't know why i didn't read it i think i bought it years ago and never read it and lost the book but anyway this came out in my um in my sophomore year of college and it is called brown sugar the Collection of Erotic Black Fiction by Carol Taylor. It came out in 2001 and uh-huh. it is so light and good. It's just, I, you know, when I think about erotic fiction, I think about like Zane. I think yeah. about um, Eric Jerome Dickey. I think about even Elin Harris. Those are like, um, those are like queer men writers, but I don't, I, this one is really, really, it's kind of cis hetero, kind of, but mm. I really, really like it just how they are reading. The very, very, very first book, the very first, um, it's a collection. So it's multiple, um, um, multiple, et, like, you know, short fiction in one book. And so the very first one is called Nadine's Husband. And it's about oh. this, um, this sister. That Uh is in love with her sister's husband. Okay. (laughs) It is so, it's so interesting because one of the scenes is when, you know, um, it talks about her having a crush on him and her making a pass on him in what time of her life. And then her masturbating about thinking about him. And as the years Uh go on, like he, he turns her down, like, no, I you I am your sister's <laughs> husband. Why are uh, you why are you doing this? This is disrespectful. And I love yeah, your sister. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. And so yeah. it's about her, it's about her fantasizing about her sister's fine ass husband. And when they describe okay. him, they describe him as somebody real fine and sexy, like um, um I, my my imagination pictures um jonathan majors because the way the way they describe his body okay. and his nose and his skin it reminds me <laughs> of jonathan majors how i think about jonathan majors <laughs> you think, right 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 
<laughs> and so it's it's an amazing that's that's the very first essay is tons of other ones in here so if you are um if you like to read black erotic erotica oh make sure you major. check out okay. brown sugar the collection <laughs> of um erotic black fiction by carol taylor i'm gonna put the link in the bottom and i wanted to ask you did mm-hmm. you grow up reading erotic fiction and what is your experience with erotic mm-hmm. fiction um, I did not grow up reading erotic fiction per se. I was, I did get uh, at a fairy dyke mother when I was in high school, and Come on, she fairy gave dyke mother. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I was just a lonely little baby gay. She was like, "Girl, let me get you together. Here's some magazines." And one of the <laughs> magazines that she gave me was called On Our Back. She gave me this garbage, like a hefty bag full. She just like was emptying out her library. Now, my favorite type mother was an older white lesbian, baby boomer generation and 27 different versions of feminism and rejected me once I told her I was trans. Let's be clear. But at the time, she was there for me and held me the fuck down, okay? Uh, so she gave me this, just to be clear. So she gave me this garbage bag full of magazines. It had Curve magazine. Uh, I think they used to be called uh, uh, Deva, the old version of it, Girlfriend, all that kind of stuff, and On Our Backs, which was a lesbian erotic kink magazine and i had never seen kink i mean i scrolled through the channel you know you might catch uh what was it real sex on hbo or whatever you know but i ain't never seen like naked women lesbians kinky leather in my life Uh, Mm. (laughs) i was like like 16 So let's talk about it a little bit. So the On Our Backs magazine was uh, first published in 1984 by two women, Debbie and Myrna, with contributions by this lady named Susan Bright, Um, Nan, Leon, Honey Lee, Don, Shelby, all of this stuff you can find when you look into their um, Wikipedia and stuff like that. It is a look at the politics of lesbian culture of the 80s, as well as playing a definitive role in the feminist sex wars of the period, taking the side of sex positive. It was a that was a big that was a that was a big thing. Uh, I know more so because I was a women's studies major at UW-Madison, which was like very heavily early women's studies. They all that generation of folk. So. Oh, yeah, the sex wars. Yes, absolutely. My bad. Please continue. Please. And this is a, and this is a, <laughs> the title of the magazine on our backs is a satirical reference to off our backs, which is a right. long-running feminist newspaper that published the work of many anti-pornography feminists during the <laughs> 1980s. So this is their kind of pushback against mm. that respectability politics, that yes, non-positive, yes, um, yes. non-positive, um, this sex-negative uh, sex yeah. motherfucking feminism. Exactly, um, and exactly. They felt like the founders of Off Our Backs was kind of prudish um, mm-hmm. about sexuality. And so mm-hmm. they wanted to have something that was an answer to that. And so this... Um, this magazine called On Our Backs was an Absolutely. answer to that. Um, and, yep. And then my mom found the box. My mom found this bag that had On Our Backs <laughs> magazines in it. And she was like, oh, what's this? You know what I'm saying? I was like, I don't know. You know? Because <laughs> this is the time when she still pick up the phone. So, you know, when you got phone bills, what's this number? And it was the gay youth Milwaukee I used to call the hotline. 
I don't know, you know. <laughs> but she threw my magazines out, and I and I'm low key in like a baby archivist. Like I had all these tapes and magazines and things. So I wanted those not just because it was like erotica. I also wanted them because it's an archive of this magazine that had been around it for so is. long. And she threw all of those magazines. <laughs> That's got Horrible. to go, you know. But uh, but also erotica to that point. Uh, the two with women of Brewster's place that is not necessarily erotica, but that chapter and they talk about it's a little bit more involved in the movie when they with the two with the two women with Loretta McKee and uh, what's her name? Um, uh, man, she just passed. She played on Sparkle. No, not Loretta McKee. Her partner, the actor, the actor who played her partner. She just uh, the dark skinned woman. She just passed. Paula Kelly. So Paul, yeah, so like, yeah, yes. So of course that uh, that scene was like a big deal to see as a younger person, that and Color Purple. But both both books, both novels were definitely way more uh, involved in the deets of what was going on between the ladies. And so <laughs> that also, it wasn't like erotica, but it definitely was but like, But it was oh. sexy as hell if you don't have access to exactly. these kind of books. I, I have Absolutely. books like that. I have a... Um, one of the books now oh, is mm-hmm. is toxic as fuck, so I'm not a suggested to read it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's this book called um, Donald by Don, this author called Donald Goins, and he's like a black um, he's like the black version of um, I don't know Donald Goins is he got it's, these are motherfucking nigga books. They are not for shit. <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are nigga books. So I don't uh, want you to fucking uh, to read them and think that they any type of woke or any type of that. <laughs> Donald Goins is a mess, but he is. He, has, he did make his. He did make his mark in in the in the you know in the hood. Uh, in black the, book the, ur, the urban, section. the urban. Yes, <laughs> yes, the urban book section. And he has this video, this book called um, King Yada's Revenge. He has a book okay. called Horse Sons. I actually, I've actually talked about this on um, um, on the show before. But he had this book called Horse Son. He had this book. It's very in the vein of like Iceberg Slim. They all was on the same fucking label. Okay. <laughs> Iceberg Slim books and they and another and the author name um <laughs> and the author named Donald Goins. Donald Goins had a book called Keanu Revenge anyway. And there was a scene where <laughs> I was reading and this dude I ain't even gonna say what happened, but it was very erratic. Um <laughs> <laughs> while they was in, they were. It was a scene while they was in prison, so you can only imagine. Oh Lord, <laughs> it was a scene while they was in prison, and he and it, I was sitting there like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be turned on by this, but my little wee wee getting whore. <laughs> well, and I was a teenager, like, oh my god, this is this is sexy, but it wasn't. It wasn't meant to be sexy. It was right, it was right, meant to, right. It was meant to kind of be shocking because it was it's yeah. a prison scene, but honey, my little my little teenage self was like, Ooh. okay, <laughs> I ain't never read a book like I ain't never read a book like this." Uh, um, yeah, that's real. That's real. Um, yeah, on the hood classics though. Have you seen Quan Mills? I just sent you <laughs> any of their titles. <laughs> Where it's like Pastors Eat Pussy too. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, child. Who, I don't know. One of the she stole my Altima. Like I'm sleeping with my granddad's uh, baby mama's like sister or whatever <laughs> the title. <is. laughs> the, the pastor eat pussy too on Easter Sunday. 
Yes, Quan Mills. I think one of the, I, forgive me if I can't remember, I apologize. But one of the Batty Brigade, one of them did an episode on him. I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Interhole Uprising or T. Wick Winnie Jack, even fucking Queer Walk, baby. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember who Them exactly titles. it was, Ooh. but they did like a, <laughs> a um a episode talking about him, and they kind of um discussed it. But yeah, that was th- those books are funny. Yeah, but people he they short little books, but he's selling people selling them just because the Listen, funny part of the funniness of it is is <laughs> hey we 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 can have bad fiction, you know, we can have everything. Shoot, you need something to laugh on or. <laughs> Are they, my baby daddy sold my Altima. I think that's the one. That's the most. <laughs> but the way he does the graphics for those books, the title, you know what I mean? It's just it's like hilarious. Wow. I love us. It's love like us. the Black Daniel Steel. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly how I look. That's exactly how I look. Um, another book that wasn't necessarily erotica, but was definitely influential and made me feel affirmed in a very sexy kind of way was "Does Your Mama Know." Uh, which was uh, uh, through Firebone Press and Lisa C. Moore, which is a Black-owned, uh, Black-lesbian-owned press. Um, and that came out, I want to say it came out in like 2000, maybe, 99, 2000, around that time. They no, revised no. it in 2000. I'm sorry. Oh, the, okay. It came out in 1997, but they revised okay. it in um, 2009. Okay. Okay. I remember sneaking. I remember like sneaking and buying this book, right, and like hiding this book at my house because it was like the only black lesbian text that I ever saw that was like, "Does your mama know?" You know what I'm saying? I was like, <laughs> and, and particularly like, in your situation. Okay, because my mom was like extra. You know what I'm saying? I come from a very campy family. Okay, of entertainers. So my mom's like, "No, you can't be gay." You know, we extra. My family, so. It was a thing, okay, but um, but it definitely uh, had a lot of stories in there that uh, you know I was like, okay, you know. This so let's thing. talk about that. This is the the, the does your mama know um, reflects Anthology. the complexities of emotion that accompanies a black lesbian coming out. These short uh-huh. stories and poems and interviews and essays, fiction and nonfiction make up a powerful collection of original and new writing. Winner, it won two Lambda Literary Awards. Um, and yeah, it came out in 1997 and it got revived in 2009. And it sustained yeah, a lot of people. I think y'all it should sustained check that out. A lot. Yes, it sustained a lot of people pre-social media, pre, you can have color in your text on the emails. <laughs> no, I mean, like it really could if you need if you could only get stuff in, in person, like in hand. I gotta go get this book. I gotta go buy it. I gotta find a way to buy it. I gotta, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it's very groundbreaking. Um that's some real, yeah, that's go, Lisa Seymour. Yeah. Yeah, is, if you um another like I said earlier, sorry, history has black away. Mm-hmm. Um, Elin Harris um, and Eric Jerome Dickey they have they are classic writers mm-hmm. that deal with queer men and you know stuff like that um, I found a, um, a black trans woman erotica book um, it's about this guy named Philip who want, he, oh, red, he was t- I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt it's Redbone Press I kept saying Firebone for some reason Redbone Press my apologies 
Oh, that's not a good name, but <laughs> yeah, I probably okay. my bad. Yeah, I like Firebone Press better, but okay, Redbone Press. <laughs> anyway, this there's a um erotic book by the name of um Black Trans Bell Erotica. It is about this um hmm. this husband that goes um even though he doesn't feel like going, he, he, his wife forced him to go to this party with her, that her boss is throwing. And, um, and while him and his wife is there, the boss forces the wife to kind of work and leave the husband alone mm-hmm. unattended at this party. And that's where he met the sister of the host, um, the sister of the host who just so happened to be a trans woman and they start this kind of thing <laughs> which is kind of oh. very stereotypical very you know stereotypical mm. the cheating husband right meets the right. trans woman blah blah blah, right. blah. but you right. know we're not trying to be too deep so <laughs> so this yeah. shit happens this is real life shit happens and it's a erotic story where they kind of escape together from the party and you know mm she takes him to her private room of the resort and have oh. a wonderful time. <laughs> oh. Oh. They go they go still away. <laughs> I I know when I was um you know so that's a a black transgender option. Um I know when I was younger I wasn't really I don't know, I was sneaking and um taking forever like using napster and using um whatever other kind of stuff to mm. kind of download porn at that time so i mm. never really got in the 90s i never really got s- stuck into not i want to say stuck but um i never really got into the writing of um erotica i really I didn't start reading that stuff until i got like in like 2000s or whatever but in the 90s honey I was a young, tender, young trans woman. I was not in the house <laughs> reading, honey. Soon as I got a whip of some big baby, I was not, out not, in you the wasn't street. reading two books. You, you wasn't reading two books a month at that time. <laughs> I was not. My ass was out in the streets with my with my drag on, baby, trying to get the niggas to pull me over. I to, you know, we would walk the yeah. streets. Yeah. Getting to hopping in cars with dudes. Soon as I got a whiff of any type of, <laughs> you said a whiff. <laughs> I was not in the house playing video games or none of that. I was out in the streets. <laughs> we literally, we we call, we had we called it scumming. We literally mm. would walk from one neighborhood to another neighborhood, hoping down the busy streets, hoping for some sexy. Hood nigga to pull up in the beats <laughs> in the fucking candy painted cars. You know, this is yeah. in our in our city, yeah. dudes used to ride like um Monte Carlo SS's S's and mm. honey, it'd be beats in the back of the trunk, so you can just hear mm. them pulling up. Mm. See the whole car moving. Yeah. Um, yes, honey, listening yeah. to fucking Warren G. <laughs> Right. Okay. Or, you know, okay. Tupac yeah. so just busting yeah. so they can pull up on you. Yeah. They're like, damn, baby girl, you need a picture ride perfect. Because... I paint a perfect picture. <laughs> yes. And so you yeah. and the, the, the key is you know, you don't want them to clock you and you get in the car mm-hmm. and you you know you play games that you shouldn't be playing. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're young. And right. this 
because you're young and dumb. And right. this was my erotica. I was not trying to, honey, read. I was trying to act. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to act, baby. You know. So, oh. you know, that's that's what it was. I was trying to, um, you know, we would go, you know, that we would, this is also, I don't want to say pre-internet, but it really was. Yeah. Folks didn't get access to um, no, you have to go home buy computers. <laughs> Yeah, home computers didn't get to pop into me in the black community till around like 2000, 2001. Well, you mean like, I mean, home computers versus like lab, because laptops, I felt like more people had access with laptops. I don't know, whatever, where you could be on the internet, dating on on Black Planet, that was like around 99, 2000. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but earlier than that, I know me, everybody didn't have internet in their house from where I was from. They didn't have internet in their house. Everybody um, had a computer like that. It was a norm. Right. It was a norm. So we was going to house parties. Motherfuckers still was, you know, rolling around. Scumming, child. Dudes were still running around. And that's what we was doing. So it, it was more of a a social thing than it is now. Now, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say I, I don't like now because now because the internet is so wide open, you get access. There will be boys, like for example, like in my city. Yeah. You, when you out in your neck of the woods, you feel what I'm saying? When you yeah. out, so I, I grew up where I, it's called 42nd and Post. It's the hood of Indianapolis. It's the east side hood. So- okay. Okay. As the trans woman of the East Side, if you tip it around, it get to a point where everybody know you the trans woman. You oh, that's a right, that's a, right, right. That's right. A, that's the trans woman. So yes, you are gonna pick up dudes who know your T. You, you know when you tip to the um um you know when you tip tip to the corner store, it's gonna be dudes waiting for you to come or sitting and chilling in their car for you to come out the store and they follow you to your house. Uh, creepy shit like that, but still sexy because you know you ain't learned that it's creepy yet. You know, right, right, because you're young. <laughs> you young. But you can go to a whole other side of town and be a new girl. Like if I when I, I go to the fucking west side of town over by Lafayette Road and um 38th Street and Hallville and all that kind of shit. When I would go over there, motherfuckers didn't know me. I just was some new sexy ass Rambo, honey. Right, right, right. <laughs> Right. I was I was just that you know I could be coming yeah. in and do it and pick up a whole new slew of pieces of trade and right. it'll be right. a, then I can go you know I go on the south side in Barrington and Brick City and it, it's hoods on every side of town so I could go on oh whatever. wow just honey I would get I'll have a bus pass and go and go down there and just be tipping around other folks neighborhood pull <laughs> uh-huh. well, inside bus baby. okay get on that Jumping bus and right, that's a now, go. As a as a as an older girl, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I would feel unsafe or whatever. But young, when you're young, you don't have that kind of you don't have the lived experience mm-hmm. to know how unsafe right. it is. So you just out here trying to get what you got, right? <laughs> trying to use right. what you got right. to get what you want, right? And so right. that's what it was. So I really didn't have. Um, I would really wasn't out here just kind of reading. <laughs> I was out here doing <laughs> and having fun <laughs> and, and think. The ancestor for protecting me <laughs> and make sure I could, things could have been way, 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 way worse, but they actually mm. was way, 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 way sickening. And um, yeah, <laughs> I just didn't have, you know, I was out here on my shit. I had my own apartment when I was 17. Right. 
Right. I mean, also, like, not to be, I mean, shit, shit is very different now, too. That's like, today is just a whole different. I feel like, I mean, I, I don't know, no, but I'm like, today is, shit is more dangerous today because you can just look up anything you want right away. I feel like people can get what they want at an instant. And that makes things mm-hmm. just a little weird to me. Mm. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it just seems me. like, I don't know. I think for me, when I was younger, because I was in a group home, so I was in a group home from 13 to 17, or really mm-hmm. 16, like late, like the tail end of my um, 16 year. Um, okay. Because I went through, in a group home, it's not like fucking parents. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have, it's not like you have parents. You have rules and structures of the house, but these people come and go based on shifts. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They work in this building that you live in. So right. there is rules. You have to be in a house at a certain time. But prior to that certain curfew, like say you got to be in a house by seven, you could be gone and doing whatever you want to do and come back at seven or whatever. And mm. on the weekends, if you get a, get a pass, you can, like, I would get a pass to my grandmother's house. I didn't fuck with my grandmother. Literally, right. my grandmother was right. the reason why I was fucking living in the group home anyway, because she kicked me out for being trans. But I got permission to go to my grandmother's so that I can get the pass, but I wouldn't stay at my grandmother's. I would stay at my right. trans friend's house. I would stay at my queer man friend house, stay at my right. lesbian friend's house. I would right. never go to my grandmother's house. So if I had a pass for the whole weekend, these motherfuckers at this group home wouldn't see me from Friday to fucking Monday because I would be honey yeah. running the streets. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. And so it wasn't, so I spent from 13 all the way up and, you know, shit, from 13 till, you know, early adulthood where I had a freedom that most people in my age bracket, whenever mm. whenever people mm. usually live leave their parents' home, which is like 18 to what, 24? Mm. Mm-hmm. Or even what if you're you leaving in high school, home? even if you're leaving in high school, you know, becoming independent in high school, that's still later than 13. If you're 17 or yeah. 16. So from 13 to 24. Yeah. So the first, that whole 10 years was just a freedom of doing whatever the fuck I mm-hmm. wanted to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, that comes with a level of, um, I don't know what it comes with, but it, I, I just have way more lived experience than the average motherfucker at that time. Um, And an average and more freedom to do whatever I wanted to do than other people. Cause my honey, I remember um, some of my friends, they couldn't go to places that I couldn't, that I could go to. Right. Um, They couldn't, um, they couldn't be out. Um, If, if we leave in the mall and honey, we meet some niggas. Yeah. I could go with the niggas. They would have to go home. Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> it right. just and you know it just worked out for me in that way and luckily it worked out in a positive right. way and nothing negative but yeah it was yeah. just a level of freedom how do you mm-hmm. think with you being in in kind of more of a stricter environment mm. how did that affect I mean, you go, come going forward as an adult uh i mean it wasn't strict strict like when i was uh as a child like elementary school i was raised more so by a village of people but when i got to middle school and high school i had more proximity to my mom that i didn't have before and so uh i wasn't raised by her i mean my mom she was a good provider of stability but when i was in elementary school i was really wasn't raised raised by my mom so 
some of the some of that was a little uh, jarring to to deal with some of the structure she had. But I also had a lot of freedom because I was quote unquote a good kid. So once I got to middle school, I could get on the bus, go to the south side, go to the gay bars because I'll be back home and it's like, you know what I mean? So that there was a, a level, uh, but also again, my mom was kind of like not really paying attention. So, so <laughs> but, but I didn't get in trouble, quote unquote. So I, I had freedom that uh, some of my friends didn't have. Like I could go out, you know, middle school, get on the bus, take the bus around the city, come back home, same thing in high school um, and go by the gay bars, go hang out. That's why I was over there. <laughs> You know, that's where I was at on the weekends, sitting up in the gate, the cafe by all the gay bars that was open from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. for the bar crowd. And they took care of us as young people and really looked out. And so, you know, even sneaking in the bars, so I think I told you I wasn't drinking. We would smoke some weed outside and then go inside <laughs> and dance or run into your middle school teacher who's acting like they do not see you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? You run into teachers and shit, they're like, looking the other way because they know I just had you in my class two years ago right so um you know so you know that in that way the crazy I, part I, I, about yeah. one one of yeah. my group homes the head <laughs> dude was gay as hell and used to be at the gay bar when I would be sneaking in <laughs> okay right right you know but um so yeah I mean to a certain extent you know my you know I had I didn't I didn't I was I actually had a lot more freedom I think than a lot of my peers um, but I had to lie about certain things. Like I couldn't tell, I think one time I, my mom was like, don't go to Pride Fest. I don't want you going to Pride Fest. You know what I'm saying? So the way they do it in Milwaukee is on some festival grounds for three days because they do different fests, Afro Fest, this fest, Irish Fest kind of thing. Anyway, uh, but I was at the sneak in because they got TV cameras and shit for protesters. <laughs> so like that was the most kind of thing was just making sure nobody she knew saw me. That was my priority, but I was able to get out. You know, if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. I remember um, usually people who I know that had that kind of strict upbringing where they couldn't go out, couldn't get exposed to shit. Once they, they buck wild. had the freedom, not only they got buck wild, but they were, acting, some of them weren't even buck wild, but they were fucking gullible as fuck. Like people could yes. get over on yes. them. Yes. Some of yeah. them were buck wild. You had some that was like, ah, I'm out. I'm doing everything. You got mm. them, but you also have the ones who were, um, they just was gullible as shit because they weren't exposed to nothing. They weren't out and, and um, you know, getting exposed to the harms from a safe of the world. They were yeah. just, just out. And so and that they would be gullible as shit. That's what you just said, what you just said, exposed to harm from, from a safe distance. I, I thank God there's so many times where I've been like, thank you, Lord, for letting me learn this hard lesson in a soft way. Because that was that was a lot of that experience as a younger person when I first came out. And even when I got to, you know, I was an adult outside the house. It was just kind of like learning these hard lessons in a soft way because you are around, but you're not in it necessarily. Or, you know, you have enough awareness to be like danger, danger, danger. I'm a uh, Homer Simpson, my ass back into these bushes. See you later. Bye. You know? <laughs> right. And part of that, I think, is because of my upbringing, too, because, you know, I come from a hood ass family. Just I don't come from any kind of respectable ass family <laughs> at all. Uh, period. There is no respectability in there. 
where I come, I, I too come from a hood ass family and also a hood ass family that also likes to engage in the respectables. I got, well, we all, <laughs> no, that's it right I there. Mine didn't like <laughs> it, mine rejected yeah, the respectable. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. my auntie was, my auntie Rosalind right here. She was a hoe, a madam. <laughs> she was everything that, uh, honey, that everybody said was, mm-mm. She had four yeah. kids with different daddies. One yeah. by a white man, yeah. one by a black man, one by somebody else. <laughs> she, she, she had everything. She had a whole rainbow coalition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, rainbow coalition. <laughs> and honey, she that's just how she was. And she was, you know, Ooh. she was a hustler. She taught mm. my mom how to hustle. Then my mom turned into the hustler. And then, you know, we mm. had drunks. We had peel Me heads. Too. We had... Mm dope dope boys and dope fiends we had everything we had niggas gorilla pimps <laughs> we had we had so many people in my family that were like just and i i felt like i in my younger years i do felt like i was being raised by a village that took care of me and taught me so many things when i was younger um i felt safer so in the I than i did somewhere else oh definitely felt safer in the hood i could walk around and do whatever i did not feel like somebody who like anybody would bother me in the hood yeah like you yep. I, there would be shit going on and you know they would be like uh-uh that's moochie's son mm -hmm. <laughs> My, you get what i'm saying when i was a little kid yeah and absolutely that's, that's i could be anywhere and but also that was like, you know, if I'm doing something I ain't supposed to be doing, that was kind of annoying too. <laughs> but I didn't feel unsafe. I did feel like right. I was learning lessons. I remember my mama's sugar daddy. My mama had a sugar daddy when she was 17 because mm. my mama come from, there was some, my grandmother, I want to say the family was respectable, uh, had respectability politics, but my grandmother had really deep respectability politics. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. she was basically punishing my mother for getting pregnant and was like, you know, I'm not giving you no money. Mm -hmm. I'm not helping. My mother is the only child. So she was like, I'm not giving you shit for this baby. You got to figure it out. So there was one mm -hmm. point that my mama only had, you know, my mother didn't have enough money for um, diapers. So she literally had a, um, a, a, um, a, a bread bag on me as a diaper mm. and my aunt comes in the house and sees it and she was like bitch what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> she was like bitch you 17 years old mm. a bad bitch you got a badass body you got a pussy a, a hands pussy and a mouth and an ass and a you 17 it's niggas out here that would throw racks at you. She probably wouldn't have said racks. I'm just saying that in the current language. Yeah, yeah. It's uh -huh. bitches out here, niggas out here that would throw racks at you. I don't give a fuck what your mama talking about. Her sister. She's talking about her own sister. She was like, I don't give a fuck what your mama talking about. Your kids are your motherfucking priority. And if they in a fucking bread basket, you doing, you ain't doing mama in like you supposed to be doing. So, bitch, let me show you how to do this. Literally introduce wow. her to a sugar daddy at 17. I'm not saying that that's right. I'm not saying right, that that's... You have to take care. I mean... But I know I had right. pampers for the rest right. of my exactly. time. Exactly. And I know, I know that GB, which was the sugar daddy that she got introduced to when she was 17, GB lived till he was like 98. 
Wow. And I don't care what was going on once my mama got older and even when I got older. If I needed something, mm. if there was a time and I was in Indy, like you say I was in Indianapolis, not if right. I was somewhere else, but if I was in Indianapolis, I literally could go to his store and say, this is what's going on. And he'll throw me some money just because on the strength of my mom, on the strength of him dealing right. with my mom since she was 17. Right. And so I'm not saying that that's good or bad. I'm not saying it's not creepy. I'm not saying none of that because he sure was way older than her. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, look, look. But he looked out many times for us when, you know, when we need, when I needed school clothes and my mom didn't have the money for it. He, honey, I remember him taking me to get school clothes. I remember, um, you know, mm-hmm. just every time my mama needed something, she could go to him. Right. And it wasn't until like she got on drugs that he started kind of, not not acting funny to me, but acting right. funny to her. Like, yo, right. you know, you 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 out here doing shit you ain't supposed to be doing. And so, mm. you know, it started to shift. Their relationship started to shift. But he still looked right. out for me because he had shit. My mama was 17. I was one. Right. When he met me. And right. so he had been in my life since I was one. And I would, like I called him Uncle GB. I didn't find out he was like her sugar daddy till years later. Yeah. But yeah. But his store, he owns stores. He owned like um, um, washing machine, pl- not washing machine places, um, car washes. He owned mm, like a corner mm. store. He just oh, he wow. had a, a mechanic shop. He just had, he was just a businessman. And yeah. so anytime I seen him, and I didn't even have to ask him for shit. If he saw me somewhere, especially mm. once I transitioned, he never, yeah. not, nothing on no, trying to have me or nothing. But right, anytime right. he seen me, in order to make me feel special, he'll throw me some money anytime he's seen me. So, wow. and that's that's just how it was when I was growing up. It just it was just a lot of community. I definitely felt safe. I did not feel yep. like um, people would put like little bugs in my ear, not literal bugs, but little tips like, <laughs> "Yo, don't go, mm-hmm. don't do this, don't do that." Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. My uncle, my uncle, my my aunt Roz's boyfriend named Possum. I'd be running dope for him. So he done taught mm-hmm. me how to the dope game and who to fuck with, who, who, who you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So you protect the whole yeah. situation. But right. And so when I got older, know. I knew shit to pay, pay attention to. I knew, yep. I just knew shit. And so yep. it, I didn't feel like I was unsafe. I felt like I was um, prepared. And usually people who were sheltered, they will fall right. for the dumbest fucking shit. Right. And that, and listen, and that, that's the thing, because, you know, uh, even though I have this respectability side, it's, it's certain siblings on the side of the family, like you were saying with your um, with your grandmother and then your your aunt. You know what I'm saying? It was it was a, it was a thing like that. So you had certain siblings who were really hard into the respectability. My mom was one of them. But then you had other siblings <laughs> who were just like, this is reality, you know. And so you have some folks in my family on that particular side who grew up in a box. I kind of grew up in, in between because I I have, I was with, you know, I was, I have another side to my family on my dad's, you know, on my dad's side. So I grew up to kind of compensate for that. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I didn't even know about the respectability stuff. So I got to, to middle school anyway. So it was very confusing because like you said, the village, you protected in that village. You know, I can go home now, mm-hmm. the same thing. You protected. Ain't nobody gonna mess with you. Mm. at all you know yeah people in the yeah, suburbs maybe i don't worry you know <laughs> isolate and even to go back to the conversation about erotica and being exposed to stuff like that i remember mm-hmm. my uncles my uncle billy my uncle mike 
they would have like VHS VHS tapes of um of porn that they would pull mm-hmm. out. Now they would try to hide them and you know put them under the bed in a in a literal um crate. <laughs> put them yep, under the yep. bed Old and school. then pull them out when we supposed to be asleep. But how I, I was sneaking look at them watching it, looking at them jacking off and see them watching stuff. And I would sneak when they would all be gone because I was also that kid that made did had good grades and did good in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could stay home by myself even right. when I wasn't even before I was 13. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can say I could stay home by myself. I, I had my own key that was around my neck and I could get in and out the house if I was key kids. Last kid, yeah. <laughs> so I was able to be there. So when they would be gone doing something, going to the grocery store, honey, I popped the VHS in just to see what part <laughs> they was on and see what's happening. And mm-hmm. you know, it would it, it, it's the first time that I ever seen lesbian sex, two women having sex. They had a VHS of that. Um the first time that I had seen um, any kind of like threesome, most of course, because everybody was straight, there was no kind of um, queer. Um, there was, uh, on the some of the porns back in the day, even if it was straight, sometimes in the credits, after the credits, different advertisement for different type of porns will come up. Mm, mm, and there mm. was queer stuff that was happening in those little advertisements. Like you would, it'll be usually the tape played like this. It'll be one scene, a middle scene, and but different people. So there'll be one setup and then it'll be a third setup and then like a, 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 a mm. like one, two, three setup. And then after that, They'll show the credits of who the producer, who the distributor is of the porn, da 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 da. Then mm-hmm. after that, they'll say, "Check out these releases," and then it'll be uh, quick little fast scenes of t- different types of porn. And usually in that stuff, you'll find mm-hmm. they'll have some quick little scene of two dudes having sex, doing anal, da da da. And I'd be like, "Ooh, this is the scene." <laughs> rewind, <laughs> rewind, rewind. Wow. <laughs> until my <laughs> uncle Billy uh, when he went back I guess this was his favorite tape honey he went back to the tape and it kept on being on that gay part <laughs> and uh-huh. he thought Michael was he thought my uncle Michael was looking at the gay scene and they got in not an argument uh, but he said yeah. hey, are you looking at the gay part of the tape <laughs> <laughs> and my uncle Mike was like, nah, it wasn't me, my nigga. And they going back and forth. Buddy, it was my little young tender gay ass. <laughs> That's so funny. You said, uh, so every time I put this in. <laughs> That's funny. It was on the gay part, baby. <laughs> so it was I, that's when I really got exposed to cute, that though. kind of erotica, like <laughs> pornography and stuff like that. And they, you know, my mom never knew that I was I, I had access to it because they were very careful in careful in the sense of putting it up, putting it somewhere yeah. that you can't find it. It wasn't out and exposed. It was you we weren't supposed to be in my mom's room, and it would be she would have it slid you know she would have all the, Just, the yeah. xxx tapes in a crate under her bed but because you know i'm a precocious little kid i know where to look i know where y'all start <laughs> right. the stuff right i'll come in and snatch <laughs> it on out put it in when i know you coming uh, back on put it back and sneak it back under the bed <laughs> right right <laughs> so um yeah so yeah i'm trying to think there i didn't really get too much access to like books or like 
Playboy, Playgirl, stuff like that. I didn't really yeah. have access to that kind of stuff because they, it the VHS was enough for them. They weren't into the 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 pictures. I think they were going out of style at that point in the nineties because uh-huh. now it was getting into the VHS. I think I recall finding some magazines at the old house we lived in that my dad or my brother might have had. I think it was like Hustler. Uh, now that you, I didn't even thought about it until you just said it. Actually, um, now I did find some nasty pictures of my Playboy. mama. Oh, I did find some were... nasty pictures of my mom. Some Polaroids, though. When oh. Polaroid got popping, oh yeah, yeah, they would, they would, they. My mama had this box of um pictures of um her and my stepdad. And they uh, were in this box. It was in like this shoe box that was in um that was in the closet. And I I accidentally found them. I had went, I was going yeah. through the closet for something. I can't remember, but I found them and I was like, because <laughs> it's my mama naked. <laughs> right, 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 right. I, I know hadn't seen mean. her, yeah. I hadn't seen my mom yeah. nude, but she's yeah. in sexual positions. And I was right, like, right, right. Have you have you but, ever uh, uh oh my bad? Go ahead. No, no, actually, have you ever seen Dolomite? I like the original. Saw, yeah, the original. Okay. Like I remember accidentally watching Dolomite and not realizing I was watching Dolomite. I mean, I knew I was watching Dolomite, but I was young. It was on VHS. You know, got to the sex scenes, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> what movies? <laughs> what movies do you remember seeing that was like sexy?" I don't know, because I was not into, like, any... I wasn't really into heterosexual uh, uh, engagement of the sex. So, like, really stood out for me, again, like, the situation with the uh, Women of Brewster Place, that stuff that, you know, that's like, I'm going to watch Women of Brewster Place. I'm going to all these scenes. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I can't... There's a couple other things, but I can't think of it right now. But, like, the, the straight people stuff, I was like, oh, I can't watch straight people. Not into it. <laughs> Actually, I was, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was not into it. Now, maybe some of the, uh, maybe some of the lead up, maybe a little bit of foreplay, you know what I mean? Like the conversation, you know, something pulpy, you know what I mean? That kind of energy. But like, nah, straight people. <laughs> what? Nah, I was not here for it. I was not here for it at all. I was not here for it at all. But speaking of that, uh, the Crash Pad series, uh, erotica and, and porn, is like it was uh, came out I think in 05 and it's like queer friendly feminist porn and that I used to subscribe to them because I really had a hard time with just general porn because I, I just it's just I'm like some of this shit just look violent as fuck <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's just like I can't fuck with rape culture and it, this is too much to discern to go through to find some shit so having uh uh, somewhere where everything I already know, we already pre-cleared it. It's the good weed state uh, spot where everything is organic. You know what I'm saying and fresh. Like I like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like you already know pre-clearance. This yeah, is this form. It makes a difference. That is very. That does make a difference. I was never into like lesbian porn because that you know yeah, yeah. Cheap, but yeah. But yeah. I was also in my mind. I was also, my sexuality is not rooted in dominance and submission. Mm-hmm. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people's sexuality is rooted, ooh, dominate me, slut me out, make me feel like uh-huh. I'm less than you or or opposite. Ooh, make me feel like I'm the man and I'm, I'm dominating, I'm beating that cake. I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. Right. It's in dominance and submission. 
and that is not what my arousal was in. And so it's hard to find things that are not rooted in that dominance, exactly. not rooted in that submission. Because, mm-hmm. I, you know, my sexuality is rooted in pleasure and, and wanting oh. to us to, you know what I'm saying, come yeah. and feel good and make I, each other I, feel good. And it's an egalitarian not. situation. Can we all get off? I want you to get off. You want me to get off? Yeah. We're both getting off. Yep. Yeah. How can we <laughs> take it to the next level and seeing things and hearing them talk about how this is feeling good? And it was not about me demeaning somebody or somebody demeaning me, which was usually mm-hmm. the norm in heterosexual porn. It was like, mm-hmm. I want to demean you. I want right. to make you feel less right. than, or I want to make you feel above me and dominant mm-hmm. and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You know, race, mm-hmm. especially like race play. Um, because oh it was always some fucking black dude on white girl. It never, mm. it rarely was any other. If it was not black, in the, the ones that I was exposed to, it was, if it was not heterosexual, black on black, it was black men fucking white women. And, oh, do you like this nigger cop? Right, like, right. It right. was a lot of weird right. ass race play. Mm, um, I see what you're saying. I, I, and that's never been my tea. I've never been into that. And so Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until I got older that I started to find more. um, That's still the norm, but I started to find more, you know, more niche kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm not into porn in the way other people are. I started Mm -hmm. being I, I started because of that lack of diversity in porn. Right. I, I was making my, now I want to say making my own porn because I've never made porn in the sense I have recorded myself, but it's right, I've never right. been, you know, it wasn't a professional thing. It was just, oh, mm. I want to record this moment. And mm. so I, my fantasy, usually when I'm masturbating or if I'm doing, you know, self-pleasing myself, I would, I would be thinking about whatever I did in real life the last time. So whatever, oh. you know, and I have a sexual, a healthy sex, you know, I'm, I don't want to say healthy. I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> but I was, you know, you know, I yeah. have a, active, active, yeah. Uh, I do, uh, 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 I have a lot of sex. So whatever yeah, was I'm the wrong. last sex acts that, um, mm. particularly in that time, um, that's what I would use the memory of it to to get off. I wouldn't use. I see. And so mm. because porn was such a letdown in the sense, of, right? <laughs> you know, in you know the scenes, the acting, the. It just was such a fucking letdown, and it just was not. Um, and especially, and then me, and this another thing is I'm weird, and not weird. I, I seem, I'm saying the wrong things. It's my tea, so it's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm a trans woman, so mm. that identifies as a woman. So, right. and I like cis men. So I look at straight porn. I don't, right, gay porn right. is good in the sense of, I like the oral parts, you know, I like booties, so blah, blah, blah. But I'm going <laughs> to gravitate towards straight porn. Right, right, and right. so straight porn is so trash, man, that you know what I'm saying? It's so, they they really focus on the woman. I'm not really, that ain't really my right. gig. <laughs> right. Especially right. a feminine woman. So like you getting it, like you giving me this fucking feminine white, feminine white woman or feminine black woman. I'm looking like, oh, her body is sickening, but it's not turning me on. Turn the camera to the dude and not just his dick. 
right, right. And straight right. porn, all you seeing is the woman's body and the dick. The man's yeah. <laughs> That yeah. is it. It's not really yeah. focusing too much on the man until you get to like the era of Brian Pumper, where he's so arrogant. Who's Brian Pumper? <laughs> you, Brian Pumper is like, um, he's a straight porn star. And, but because he's, he has, he got a body, he got, you know, he's a pretty boy. They were focusing uh, more to me in his porn. They were, and his arrogance, <laughs> they were focusing uh, more on his body and his look, his I ass, his, um, his chest, his arms, his dick. It was like everything about him. It wasn't just the dick. Right. <laughs> which right, you see right. in other porn. So it started to be a little bit better, but because it was so shitty, I had to really do my own thing and really use my own interaction with dudes with as my mental Rolodex of what I would think about when I would masturbate. So I never really got in and still not. I'm, you know, I run across something on Twitter that I'm like, Ooh, this is a good little scene, but it's very rare that I'm using porn to actually induce feelings of getting off. Mm-hmm. What about, what about with trans porn? Cause I, I feel like there's, you gotta, it's, a, it's the same, it's kind of a similar thing, you know, but uh, Pink Label, which Crash Pad is a part of, they have uh, this thing, FTM Fucker and other trans porn and other queer porn underneath this umbrella. It's not as many black people, but there's black people. It ain't, it ain't all oh, black people, but the it, they got some diversity within like- it, but it's, you gotta pay for it. The shitty so. thing about trans men porn is they always bottoms. And you would think, of course, they're always bad because they got um they don't have a penis. But yeah. it's shit that they can do that you can, yeah. you know, play that role. And, you know, it's not like they ain't out here topping motherfuckers with their straps. Why do I not see that more often in trans mm-hmm. men porn? It's usually them with cis people, cis dudes, mm-hmm. bottoming, being mm-hmm. the one that is being penetrated. And while that's mm-hmm. amazing, great, cool, but there's... They, mm-hmm. That's the only thing that they show. Why they don't show other stuff that they do? I mean, they do on uh, FTM Fucker. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, that's like, if it's like, don't want that shit, that's on the general internet. Unfortunately, there is a paywall to pay for it, but it is better quality because, you know, it's actually trans, it's trans affirming porn. It's trans people making the porn, you know, Um, and like real, you, you know what I'm saying? So, and even with Crash Pad, I think uh, like all of it's, they got queer porn. They got like cis folks, trans folks, like all kinds of stuff um, underneath uh, this uh, pink label uh, TV situation with different houses, like the FTM Fucker and then the Crash Pad series or that thing or that. Thing. But yeah, like because the rest, of, you're right. I mean, all of it's trash. You go on the internet, Google, yeah. Yahoo, Bing. <laughs> <laughs> If you want some affirming quality towards liberation, sexual freedom type porn, it's behind a paywall, unfortunately. But it's there. Because they you know? know that that's the only place you can find it, child. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's queer and trans folks that need to get paid for doing the porn so we can get off in an that's... affirming way, you know. So I get it. I get it. But, you know, but right. we did the stats. We talked about the stats. And, you know, you said it. we're all broke. So... <laughs> <laughs> you got only fans you know i do be on twitter and stuff you know because i'm always for the free on twitter people be um promoting their only fans and you'll see something like i never seen a trans man 
penetrate somebody until on Twitter it on was Twitter? Be, I'm so late I'm so late <laughs> but I'm it was so on late. Twitter and they, it, on was, Twitter? it was mm, yeah <laughs> I, I have a whole um a whole freak Twitter I got you know I got Marshall's play For I real? got Diamond I'm Fowl, so late. my freak Twitter I baby. am so late wow I'm so ones, late baby. wow okay <laughs> Especially since Tumblr kind of stopped all the porn stuff on Tumblr, it it just went to oh, Twitter, yeah. and they be Twitter don't be wearing you out. They they don't delete shit, so oh yeah, that's right, everywhere. <laughs> and so I, I've I've wow. seen somebody so else mentioned that too. Stuff. I didn't realize it was like that. On that I've never seen before. People fucking themselves and getting off, like taking their penis and putting it back and putting it in their own booties and riding their own dick until they come. I done seen some shit on Twitter. How flexible do you have to be to do that? You got to be flexible as fuck, right? Yeah. I can imagine that's like acrobatics, right? You got to put your head on. (laughs) It was a lot. I was like, oh, that's a lot of work. I'm not doing that, but I'm I'm, I'm going to sit here here watching. Yes, yes. (laughs) I'm going to sit here watching because this is amazing that you're doing this. Um, Give them the I'm starting to see more (laughs) bisexual porn. Okay. I'm starting to okay. see more bisexual porn, like with two dudes and a girl, and the, but the girl, but the dudes are doing stuff to each other, like helping the girl suck dick, and that's different. You know, yeah. and it's it's a bunch of stuff that I that I'm like, ooh, this is hot. So okay. many things that I that I see on Twitter. So definitely, huh. um, make you a freak account. Don't 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 do it on your regular <laughs> account because then when you start liking stuff, people can see it. You, hey, I don't like that they did that. It used to be if I like some people don't see it. <laughs> but I had to do a whole a whole other account. And so uh so yeah, create you a oh, whole wow. different thing. Wow. You can, honey, you I don't know where I've been in a in a and I don't know where the hell I've been because somebody else mentioned that too. Like in passing, it was like, Yeah, you know, yeah, have you seen all you know the gay boys? They be on Twitter. I'm like, really? And you, okay, yeah. yeah, okay. I'm catching up 2022 <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> so all right y'all tell us what <laughs> what is your first instances of erotica whether it be yeah. porn particularly like books and when you got introduced to things out you know that are not ex- explicitly sex stuff but like books magazines mm. anything that kind of affirmed you as a queer person tell us about your experience with erotica mm. hashtag Marsha's play and I think we did a show yeah. All right. Get on Twitter. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go make me another account. Okay. Right. 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 Pray. Pray for Ukraine, though. Pray for Ukraine, because you know, whatever, whatever. White folks catch a cold, we catch pneumonia. So, uh, hope they can get this shit situated. <laughs> yeah. Pray. They are literally. I seen this video of you this know. lady. They were they were bombing around her house, and she was having her baby in a in a bomb. Wow. Shelter. Wow. And, you know, not just not just pray for Ukraine, but pray for all these spots that's dealing with a lot of war right now, because the difference between this and what happened in Syria, the stuff that's going on in East Africa and a lot of other places that are dealing with a lot of violence right now is that these are white folks and it's disrupting, you know, this whole order that they put together post World War Two. So even though we do need to pray for them, we do need to also pray for these other places that are dealing with these dealing with war and battles and all kinds of stuff connected to this colonialism and imperialism too you know yeah they just not white and follow us <laughs> so. 
Yes. <laughs> and follow us on all social media Absolutely. platforms. We do other stuff on um the on these interweb streets, not just podcasting. <laughs> follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, interwebs. follow us on Twitter. We share all kinds of stuff, all kinds of information. Usually we're kind of talking about stuff early before we kind of record about it. Um, so make sure you follow us on all our social media. It is linked in the bottom. And make sure you leave in a review wherever you listen to podcasts, Absolutely. wherever you like to talk about stuff that you are interested in, whether it be on Facebook, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be on Instagram, make sure you share that you are listening to our podcast with your people and why you love us. And Absolutely. share your favorite shows, share your favorite favorite moments or whatever, whatever you want to do. We really, really appreciate it. That's how we grow. That's how we amplify um, um, our, our, our content. And I thank y'all and we will see y'all next week. Bye-bye. All right. Peace. Bye y'all. That's for me. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be back. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be alright. Oh,